This is Grant Miller's third time to be on the podcast. As one of our biggest fans, he has a lot to say. In this episode, he shares how he has gone from the glass half empty to the glass half full. Instead of fighting the aging process, he is accepting and flowing with it. He talks about his pending retirement and how he has intentionally reframed his way of seeing it from loss to opportunity. If aging and or retirement are on your radar in the next few years, you'll find this conversation uplifting and enlightening. Hello, Grant Miller, and welcome to the Authentic Gay Man podcast. Hello, Maddox, and it feels great to be back again. I Again, yes, it's good to see you. So, so you guys out in listener land, this is Grant's third time to be on the podcast. He did an episode, a solo episode, where he talked about, um, you know, the challenges that he's gone through in this lifetime. And then he was on one of uh, the um, the group calls where we don't even remember now what we discussed, but he was on one of those, which was awesome. And now he's back, but for a totally different reason today. He's coming in today as kind of the, I don't know, I guess in some way an expert, uh, not so much talking about the big challenge, but talking about some decisions he's making about his life as it pertains to the the aging process and being faced with potential um, retirement. So, um, Grant, tell us a little bit more about specifically the aspects of aging and retirement that you want to talk about today. Okay, well, I'm going to set it up, um, Maddox, and as as you and I know, we often have very uh, deep conversations when we get in, in contact because I live in one place and you live in the other. And when you and I get together on Zoom, we share. And the last time that you and I were discussing, there was a lot of talk about how I was going to progress from a working person to someone who's retired. And you just stopped me and said, you know, this is a good conversation for the podcast. And so uh, I said, okay, when I'm ready, let's do it and uh, set up the time. And We'll talk about it because I think there's so much in the change and and how I've reframed my outlook towards what retirement is and what I used to find important as a younger gay man and as a working person to going to someone who's retired and reframing from it's not necessarily a loss to stop working, but what am I going to gain and how is my life going to change in ways that I never had the opportunity to do because of work? So I'm trying to look at everything in the sense of the glass is half full, not half empty, because there's been things that have wanted to pull me back in my life, even as I'm trying to retire. And I'm asking myself, okay, the old way of looking at it is, well, this sucks big time versus, okay, well, how can I turn this around and make it something positive for myself? And that's what I'm going through the process. So, I mean, we could sit here for the next four hours and talk about all the the things that I'm doing in progress to get retired. But sometimes I get stuck in the old way of, well, I look at it, the old grant would say, oh, there's not much you could do about that. All is lost. I'm just going to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. But now the new me, the one that you just mentioned before we started the broadcast was that I'm reframing everything and I'm starting to find new ways to reframe. it gives me a new outlook. And so uh, I'm thinking about things like how my body is changing as an older gay man, 
Um, I'm thinking about some of the injuries that I've had in the past year or two that have affected some of the things that I like to do. Um, the idea that I'm going from a full-time teacher to substitute for a while and then going to full retirement. And what am I going to do with that big hole? And I think a lot of people go through that fear of, well, once you've retired, what do you do? I mean, my father drove my mother crazy when he retired. He retired so suddenly, and then he was in the house all the time, and mother just went absolutely crazy. And so I looked at that and said, well, I don't live with anyone. I'm single. So it's going to be more an issue of what is it that I want in my life as a retire? And for me, I think in all the time that I've spent getting to where I am, I never really had a plan as to what's really important to me. I mean, if you were to listen back to some of my other podcasts with you, I, I talked about narcissistic relationships and how they controlled me so much that I didn't know who I was, um, that I had to deal with HIV all my life. And my life was pictured as survival mode for so many years. And now, <clears throat> as I'm, I'm now 60, and I'll soon be 61 in the end of December, uh, my life has changed. Um, I'm looking back at teaching for 30 years where I thought way back then I was only going to teach one year and then die of HIV, right? And here I am 30 years later, I'm still teaching. And I'm looking at all these things that how did I get to where I am now? Still teaching and still living, but not surviving anymore. I'm not thriving, no. Um, no, not surviving. Mm, mm. You're, you're not surviving anymore. Right. Okay. Yes. I see. I'm so conditioned to say the word thriving instead of surviving now that I often automatically go to that. Um, I'm not in survival mode anymore. I'm in the living mode. And I mean, I'm no expert on getting older. This is I'm this is all new to me. But for me, what makes it different is looking at the positive aspects of it rather than, oh, I'm getting old and the day that I stop to exist is coming closer all the time. And rather focusing on that is I spent most of my life surviving. Now I've got the opportunity to live. And that's where the excitement comes in is because all of a sudden this big world opens up to me about the things that I can do that I never thought possible when I was younger. Endless and, opportunities. Yes. Yes. And so when I think of things, and I, I was going to share, for example, uh, two years ago, um, I've shared that I'm a weightlifter and uh, weightlifting has always been a big uh, part of my life. I tore my uh, pectoral muscle, the right pectoral muscle separated from the sternum. And so when I lift my arm up, my pectoral muscle moves over towards my shoulder and it prevents me from doing a lot of weightlifting. And I've gone from 225 pounds down to about 190. Uh, I've lost a lot of chest size and all this stuff. All those things that the old Grant said were the keys to being happy in my future life. Uh, have the big chest and the muscles to attract the man. Um, be attractive. Do the things that I always did as a younger man. And that's gone. And so there's that temptation to say, well, there goes the weightlifting. There goes the possibility of meeting a man. There goes the possibility, you know, and it just is endless. And I can make excuse after excuse about why that's going to prevent me from being happy in my retirement. I have a question for you, Grant. Yes. 
a man that is interested in you because of your muscles, is that the kind of man you want? The old me would have said yes, that there was no possible way a person could love me if I weren't a big muscular man. I mean, Mattis, I even I never really even believed when people would say, Grant, you're a handsome man. I always or oh, whatever, you know. And I could never figure out what it was that they found attractive with me. I just automatically assumed is that I had a chest that stuck out to here, right? And now it doesn't, but people are still attracted to me. So to answer your question, I think is that I'm starting to look inside about who the person I am. And more than likely, that's what the person would be attracted to. Not Yes. Yes. I so. hope you guys are listening to this. <laughs> yes. You know, as you have, I we've known each other for like four or five years now, and I have literally watched you transition from being so focused on your body and thinking that was all that you brought to the table to now turning into this just wonderfully vulnerable, authentic man that who I, who wouldn't want to just come and sit right next to you? Mm. You're a beautiful man, and it has zero to do with your chest. Mm-hmm. And and the new me knows that, Maddox. And and I have to say thank you for holding that space for me. Uh, the old me would have not accepted that. Um, no, I, I, it, it is so true. Um, the old me never really accepted that there was anything other than what was on the outside. And that's the part that has really changed. Um, I'm not looking at my retirement as something that I'm losing. It's something that I'm gaining. And it's an opportunity for me to do something different. The pressure to have that massive chest, the big arms is no longer there. Well, guess what? That frees up a lot of time because I used to go to the gym every day, five, six, seven times a week. Now I go to the gym for a gentle workout that's a little bit more appropriate for my age, doesn't affect my arthritis that I have in my shoulders now and in my knees, and coming to accept the fact that. I'm 60 and I have to slow down. I have to do something that's age appropriate, but still find satisfaction in it. You know, I'm so glad that you divulged your age. I was going to ask you to, because you made the reference, you know, to being an aging or an older gay man. And in our community, we all know that there's a whole set of our, our group, our population out there that if you're 38 to 42, you're considered an older gay man. So it's, it's super relative depending on who you're talking to. You know, I, I just, when I see a guy that's 35 years old wearing a daddy t-shirt, I just want to bitch slap him. You know, it's like, oh my God, you know. Uh, so I'm glad you put a reference in there so people kind of know exactly more specifically what you're, you're talking about. Um, you know, I, I kind of wish that, that we would just make retirement obsolete. I I wish that we would just retire retirement because it's such a misunderstood term and it has such negative connotations for some people and such positive connotations for other people. And you know, while I I said I retired from uh, the beauty industry that I was in for 40 years, I did not retire from life and I did not retire from the workforce. It looks very different now, mm-hmm. but well, I've got more projects on and work harder now than I did when I was running my salon. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like one passion just disappeared and there's nothing afterwards. I mean, for you, I mean, I've watched you 
in the four years that I've known how you've moved forward. You've, you know, we, we met in an online group. We did some work there. You moved to your podcast and then you've got all these other things that are starting to happen in your life. You have a beautiful new partner and things are opening up for you. So rather than looking at your retirement as well, something's gone. It's given me more opportunity to explore more. And for the first time in my life, that's what I'm doing. And now I'm starting to look at what are the possibilities. And when I start thinking about them, I get incredibly excited. And that idea of, well, there's going to be a big hole in my life. I mean, I've taught for 30 years and it's been a big part of my life. Uh, It was one of the things that was always there when I was suffering from things, when the cancer, the breakups, um, the torn ligament in my Achilles heel, it goes on and on. Those sorts of things um, prevented me from looking what comes forward and what needs to change as as a result of that. Um, I wanted to go back to the the daddy thing, because when you mentioned that, uh, I don't know about you, but being a single gay man, I get called daddy a lot. And kind of leaning towards, well, sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't. But um, I, I don't know about other people, but I think I'd rather have a partner that's closer to my own age. I mean, yeah, it's fun to have a 35-year-old man saying, hey, daddy, you want to get together. But I don't necessarily see it as a relationship. And so that has been another barrier for me. Um, is the relationship the number one object that I have for my retirement? And I'm going to just flat out say no. It's not like I'm not looking for a relationship. It's I'm developing the relationship with myself. I've got all those things that I never did um, in my earlier life. And now I have the opportunity to do them. And it feels like I'm now a younger person that's experiencing life all over again. Mm, and that's that- beautiful, Grant. And that's the exciting part. I mean, I'm not going to be like my dad, drive my mother crazy. I mean, he didn't know what to do with himself. I do. Um, I'm going to continue being an author. I've got one book published as of right now. I've got the second in the works. And I've got a third going to be started soon. Um, I'd like to write some short stories. I've been thinking of doing an anthology of gay science fiction stories. Um, I've even thought about writing a semi-autobiographical history of my life about some of the stuff I went through because of being gay and growing up and going through HIV and all this stuff and kind of writing it as if it were somebody else. So I got a lot to write about. And I know that I can find the time to do that. I know I have the ability to sit down. I did it while I was working. I wrote a whole novel. So now when I'm retired, I'll get up and have my cup of coffee. I sit down with my computer and away I go. So that's going to be a big part. That's not going to create a hole. That's going to help fill it. There will not be any hole because I'm going well, to do what I didn't do. You know, I'll, there's always an exception, but all of my life I've heard the universe doesn't like a vacuum. Yeah. You know, and the, the example's always been, have you ever cleaned a space in a closet only to find out that it filled up almost immediately? Or have you ever cleared a space in your garage only to find out that it just filled immediately? We have to let go of the old to make space for the new. Now, are there exceptions? Your, your dad created a, you know, there a hole when he left his job and retired and nothing came to fill that up. But that had a lot to do with him. Mm-hmm. He what he, you know, you have to be open. If you want the whole field, you got to be open. That almost sounds like we're talking about sex now, but um, 
<laughs> you got to be open. You know, I, I think that you said, am I going to make looking for love the, the number one thing? And you said, no, absolutely not. I think that's great that you're not making that the number one thing. I just got to where I wasn't even looking, but I was open. Mm-hmm. You can you can be open and not be looking. You know, I let him find me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hate the daddy thing. I have no desire to be a daddy to anybody. I don't want to be a daddy financially. I don't want to be a daddy emotionally. I don't, you know, and, um, you know, most of my listeners know that my partner is 19 point something years younger than I am. He does not call me daddy. He does not look at me like I am a father figure or an older figure, a mentor. I don't look at him like he's like, you know, some somebody I'm mentoring or a son. We, that energy is not present at all. We are equal partners. We started having conversation about that like in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, when you said uh, developing a relationship with someone else, I think for me, the most important aspect for me is making the relationship with myself. And I mean, we've talked about this many, many times about how you have to love yourself first before you go out there and love somebody else. Well, I've had a life of living and providing for everybody else, but never myself. And now I have that opportunity to say, hey, Graham, you're going to do some of the things that you've always wanted to do. And that's the exciting part. Absolutely. Um, So, And that will be the thing that will draw a man to you. That relationship, I can look back now with complete clarity and see that it was the work I put in with me, the self-love I worked on, my own relationship with me, that finally was the 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 determining factor that drew him to me. Yeah. Yeah. So when I think about the future, rather than thinking the negative aspects of, well, okay, I don't have this and this and this, um, I did do one thing that my father did, and that was provide for myself. Um, you know, I even though I, I didn't think I was going to be teaching for very long because of the HIV issue, I've managed to get two pensions. Um, I have my retirement savings plan, and I've got uh, a, lot, a few other investments. So I can retire, and I can retire at 61 and not 65. I don't have to wait. And I'm thinking, well, why not do it now? And open up my world to something else. Um, my dreams, I, I could sit here and, and talk about my dreams, Maddox, for the next hour. Um, I've already planned two months in Costa Rica, where Finn, my dog, and I are going to go down together. and We're going to find a villa somewhere or a cottage and, and stay in Costa Rica for two months. And I can budget for that. I've never been to Costa Rica. I love Costa Rica. I've only been once, but I spent 10 days there and it was absolutely amazing. You will love it. It is beautiful and it's just a friendly, wonderful place to be. And I have so many wonderful friends that I've met, uh, even just recently. I mean, I've got friends in Australia. I've got friends in all over Europe. I want to go to Portugal and explore Portugal for a while. So there are so many places in the world that I want to visit because I never took the opportunity because I was always in survival mode. And now this is a positive uh, place to go. I can now do all the things that I wanted to do. 
I have to ask you, you, you've made these friends, you listed off a handful of friends. How did those friendships correlate with your relationship with you? Well, I, the first relationship I immediately go to is mine with yours. Um, you know, you and I have known for four years, we've, we've met online. I've actually been to your place and we spent a glorious four days of sharing and vulnerability. Um, I've developed relationships with people who are open and where I can be open too, and I can be the genuine who I am. I'm being authentic, like your podcast says. But um, you had to become that before those people showed up in your life. Agreed, 100%. And so what I'm finding is that the people that I do meet are now in that vein. They're the people that are authentic, or the, the people who share, they're able to be vulnerable, and they welcome me with open arms when I'm vulnerable. And that never happened with me before. It was always closed. Uh, I'm dealing with a, a husband that is, oh, well, I don't want to even go there. It's just always been take care of this person, take care of that person. Never show anybody who you really are. And so when you said, what kind of relationships am I getting? I'm getting ones where I can be authentic and they can see that and they accept me for who I am and they don't want to change me. You know, when we can step into vulnerability and demonstrate that openly, it sends the fake people running. It sends them away. It is the most beautiful polarizer. Mm-hmm. You know, it draws the right people to us and it sends those phony fake people screaming and running in the opposite direction. And what a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's moving from the old things. You said sort of like we've got a list of things that we did when we were quote, younger. And as we replace some of those things with other things, um, your outlet changes. And it, like, let me give the example of my weightlifting. It was, I have to go to the gym every day to achieve the goal that I have set for myself. Now, because of the injuries, I now back off and I say, wow, okay, that big pressure is now gone. All of a sudden, I free feel a lot freer to do other things. Because the outside aspect is no longer important to me. It's the inside aspect that is important. And so therefore, the need to go to the gym seven days a week is no longer there. All of a sudden, I feel free to do other things. Because that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for validation from someone on how I look. It's who I am and how I act in front of other people. So I have a question. Yes. This is a little little bit, it's 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 valuable and pertinent, but it's a little bit off topic, just a little bit. You had you've had several injuries. Mm-hmm. And can you look back now prior to those injuries? I've always believed that the universe gets our attention in really miraculous ways. You know, it kind of looks like a tap on the shoulder first. Mm -hmm. And if you don't heed the tap on the shoulder, then it looks like being hit over the head with a two by four. Mm -hmm. And then if you don't heed the two by four, then it looks like being hit by a freight train. Yeah. And oftentimes we don't really get it until we're hit by the freight train. Looking at the injuries that you sustained, can you look back now and perhaps that was the two by four, perhaps that was the, I mean, it could be any of the three really, but 
Can you look back and see that the universe was tapping you on the shoulder or giving you little hints that the intense workouts that you were doing were not really serving you anymore, but you were so gung-ho and so I got to do this in order to attract the man that you kept going until the universe just kept beating you up until it got your attention? Uh, Well, quite frankly, Maddox, uh, the universe banged me over the head several times. Um, You know, when I was trying to please my ex-husband by taking massive amounts of steroids, I almost killed myself because I enlarged my heart. Um, I had to go through therapy to reduce the size of my heart, back off the testosterone to what I should be taking because of my age and because of my health to where it's healthy. So that one hit me over the head, but yet I kept going. I kept going and it still became something. Then I got the Achilles 10 tear. It was quite by accident. So I had to spend a year of therapy, physical therapy, getting through that and through that entire year, I was just, I got to get to the gym, got to get to get to the gym, got to get to the gym. And so it wasn't until just before COVID when we started the courses online that I realized, you know, you do a lot of work on your outside. What are you doing for your inside? And so here I am going through all the process of learning all this stuff, but yet the universe is still sending me the idea, Grant, you got to slow down. You got to change your outlook. You got to change your direction in which you're going. So when I had the tear on my my chest, I was devastated. I looked at it and said, well, my life is basically over because I don't have the access to the gym that I used to. Uh, I may never. I might have it repaired, but I'll never be able to weightlift the way I did before. So is that a loss anymore? No, it's not. It would have been if I hadn't done the work. I mean... The timing is kind of impeccable, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Your work came in just and you got to where you needed to be just as the universe started to just beat you up to get you to stop abusing your physical body. And now that I've done that and I've released all that stress of having to do that, my outlook on my retirement has changed as a result. I can travel anywhere I need to go or want to go and I don't have to worry about being at the gym. I can relax. I mean, I'm not going to be, a, you know, one of those old senior citizens that sits on the on the veranda and knits. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be doing the things that I never did when I was younger. And hell, I, I if there's going to be any inheritance left of my money when I'm done and, and they don't get anything, I'm sorry, but it's my time now. And I'm going to use that money so I can enjoy myself. And that's the fun part. And that's the exciting part for me, because I've never looked at that way before so that's the big change in me you've come a long way so you you said something early on about or or even maybe before we punch the record button you said something about instead of um making the best out of i don't remember how you worded it what the aging is happening how did you word that I think it had something to do with uh, aging gracefully rather than just being dragged along by age. You I know, mean, sometimes we fight it tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now that I know I have arthritis, I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't do a shoulder press like I used to, but I can still get into the gym and do a light workout to keep myself limbered. Uh, I can still do cardio. Um 
I may be jumping off topic, but uh, I, I, I adopted a, a border collie puppy last year. He's been with me for uh, now over a year, and he is a very active dog. Border collies love to go, and every day we go five kilometers walk. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is in miles, but five kilometers, it's two and a half there and two and a half back. He loves it. And I'm finding myself, wow, this is as good as getting on the treadmill at the gym, you know? So oh, better. Yeah. Because it's feeding your, it's, you know, you're with your dog, you're in nature, it's feeding you in ways that you couldn't get fed on a treadmill. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking of the dog, I mean, he fills a big void. Um, dogs have, this unconditional love that I missed when my last dog passed away during COVID and to have that back now um, again, the old man, old Grant would have said, well, look, Grant, now you want to travel, but now you got a dog, you got to stay home more often. The new me saying, Grant, you're going to go to places where Finn, the dog can go with you. I've already done the research. He can go to Costa Rica with me. So wherever I go, if it's going to be for extended periods, he's going with me. So he's not a barrier. He's a, he's a bonus because when I am home and he's home with me, wow, it's an amazing experience. So and you're so, taking your best friend with you on the road. Oh, you betcha. You betcha. And I can't wait. <laughs> so I, 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 did that answer your question? Kind of like, yes. yeah. yeah. Yes. You know, I, I, I think what I was trying to do there was just to make a point that oftentimes the universe steer, tries to steer us and we resist, you know, and, and that's, I think, when we run into our, our biggest challenges and our trouble in life, you know, we're, we're it's trying to guide us over here where we need to go. And we're, we got to, you know, it's like that joke that people say, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. Mm -hmm. I'm not a religious person, so I just think it's funny, but, you know, uh, uh, ultimately, the universe is going to have its way yeah. and and we can make ourselves miserable trying to uh, insert our control or we can get on the beautiful little inner tube with the little drink and the little umbrella in the drink and ride down with the, with the current and see the sights. Yeah. And so for people listening to the podcast, maybe they don't, when they say, well, okay, what's the problem here, Grant? Um, in the past, it was a problem for me. Now, because I'm more open and because I'm more authentically looking inside myself, I have the ability to look outwards and say, well, here, world, here I come. Take me as I am. And that is something incredibly different from the Grant way back when, who was the closed-in, um, shy, make yourself as small as possible so people don't notice you and don't really know who you are to the person. Hell, here I am. This is Grant. Welcome. Well, and your conversation today is not about what's challenging you. It's more about how beautifully you're navigating all this. You know, you're, you're, you're like, even though you're not on the other side of it necessarily, you're not there yet. You're, you're still standing on, on the, that you're you're the um, lighthouse standing on the beach that's putting guidance out there for others. I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt there will pe be people listening to this that will go, "Wow, I never thought of it like that." You know, 
it's going to have a, a, an impact because you have come to this place where you got your own back mm-hmm. and yep. you know, the oyster, the world is your, your oyster and you get to pivot and show up and be any man that you want to be. And the biggest thank you I want to say to the world or whoever the fates, the universe, um, thank you for showing the way to change myself from that old me who uh, felt the world, you had to give the world everything, but never anything for yourself. And to come to that, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, Maddox, if the old me were in my seat right now, what would I be doing? I'm not even going to go there because that's not what I would want to do. There's no way I would want to live like that anymore. And so I'm not even going to go there because if I did, I could talk to you for hours on negative things that would have happened or things that I would have thought about. So for me to be in a position of, I almost feel reborn if you would. Well, your energy is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And for the listeners out there, I'm no expert about aging. I'm just going through the process. But the process for me is it's positive, not negative. And that's the biggest change for me. It's Grant, you already love yourself and you love yourself every day. Now love life and just go out there and do it. And like you said, he'll show up one of these days. When he'll I show to- up. Yeah. I think that process is a pretty intense transition. It was for me, but not in a negative way. I mean, there were some things that were tough. You know, I had a clientele that I had worked with for many of them, almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. And saying goodbye to so many people that I had developed a long-term relationship with was really hard. I went into, there was a hard grieving that went along Mm -hmm. with closing my my salon and and walking away from all that but it it's still i don't know i i was i was not really i didn't know what it was going to like look like but i wasn't afraid of it well i mean on my side as a teacher i mean one of the reasons excuse me why i wanted to be a teacher was to open up the world in the future and the possibilities for children and Show them the world and and don't necessarily teach it to them. Say, this is what you got to do. Here's the possibilities for you to learn. And that passion and giving those possibilities to children has been a big aspect of my teaching. I mean, I've had children come up to me that are now adults and say to me, you know, Mr. Miller, when, when you taught me this and this and this, I didn't like it. But boy, oh boy, now in my real world, I know what's important. And I knew that you did too. And I thank you for that. And I go, Wow. You know, I mean, I met my purpose as a teacher. And like your salon, I've done it for 30 years. And I've gotten so much out of it. But now I've got to take all that energy and put it into myself and do all the things that I never had the time to do. And that's why I'm so excited. Yeah, you have every reason to be excited. It's going to be glorious. I I love your lengthy trip with Finn to Costa Rica. And the I other point to hear too. about that. Very definitely. So I think that's the whole situation for me. I mean, where it's going to turn out, I don't know. But you know what? You'll certainly know, Maddox, because I'll be in touch and I'll let you know where I'm going and what I'm doing. So Absolutely. You know, I think that your your biggest message in all this is 
you know, if you're in that place where you're experiencing aging and it's causing you had to have to give some things up, like you've had to give up the intense work workouts at the gym and some, some of the, the real strenuous physical stuff, you've had to kind of ease back on that. I think your words of wisdom are don't look at what you're giving up or what you're losing. Look at the opportunities that are being presented for you to gain something new and fresh. Exactly. Exactly. We we can't, you know, I had a teacher many, many years ago say to me, you can't, you can't walk up to the banquet table until you drop the handful of Weevily peanuts. <laughs> I love that. And it's left a lasting impact on me. I've never forgotten. In, in order to walk up to the banquet table, you must drop the Weevily peanuts. And that's metaphorically can, you know, translate into lots of things that we need to let go of to have something magnificently better. Yeah. And that's hence the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this is that the glass half full, half empty. I'm looking at it as the glass half full now, which I never used to do. The old me would look at it half empty. And that's been the big difference. And that's why. I've made all these changes because I'm doing it for myself and I'm doing it because that's the right thing to do. Absolutely. And you're modeling that to everybody in your life. That's, you know, we don't realize sometimes everybody's watching us. (laughs) True. You know, I mean, there's everybody's not and everybody is, and then everybody's not, but the people that count, you know, they're going to, they're going to notice the changes you've made. They're going to notice how, gracefully you are transitioning um the whole world is just waiting for somebody to example to them to to go first and you know maddox i know the things are going to happen you know uh i could be injured somehow or i I mean just i'm just thinking possibilities i mean it's not necessarily going to happen but you know should something happen that would prevent me from doing something else i know there will be always something else i could do as a result of that so i'm not um so concerned about what's going to happen down the road i'm just going to go out there and live it and let it happen so i'm not worried about that anymore it sounds like a plan to me and it definitely i can hear the peace in your voice mm-hmm. and you know a lot, a lot of people as we enter into this tra- that, that this transition of retirement that we're very very anxious and, and i'm not hearing that anxious energy at all no. And one of the reasons, Maddox, just on, on a side here, as we, we wrap up, um, my mother, who is in a home, and she's been in a home for well over 20 years now, she had a fall, she broke her clavicle, and she broke her ankle. And it took two days to realize she'd actually broken the ankle. And knowing that uh, my mother has been there and the things, the struggles that she's gone through, mother never really had the opportunity to do what I'm doing now. She was the caregiver. She looked after everybody, including my father, until he passed away. Mother never really had the opportunity to get out there and do the things that I'm about to do. She modeled that to you, and it's taken you a long time to figure out that that wasn't really a great model. Yes, exactly. So, bless her. What a a great journey, though. Thank you. What a great story. Any anything else you'd like to impart on the listener before we sign off? You know what? I think it's all been said, Maddox. Um, love yourself, 
take care of yourself. And when you've done that, like RuPaul says, you'll be ready to love somebody else. And uh, for me, it's learning to love myself and love the life that I'm about to live. Yeah, you'll be ready to love someone else, but you'll also be ready to allow someone to love you. Exactly. I can look back now and see that there were times in my life when I didn't allow someone to love me and I didn't realize I was doing that. And I totally get that. I totally get that. Because I didn't fully love myself. I didn't think I deserved the love of another. Mm-hmm. So You're maybe that's connected. maybe that's the wisdom bomb is just open yourself up to be loving yourself and, and allowing it to come to you. Maybe that's the the piece of wisdom that I want to drop on the on the listeners. Well, the way it came to me was in just not a way that I could have never fathomed. Could have never expected or fathomed and still pinch me. Did this really happen? What's going on? It's been a little over a year now. We celebrated our first anniversary on October the 4th, and we just get more solid with each day. Wow. That's because you're both open. You're both vulnerable. You share. You communicate. That's that's, that's... My first time to experience what you're describing right now. My first time. And I've been in multiple relationships. My first time to experience what I am experiencing this time. It's been phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Fantastic. And it's going to happen for me one of these days, too. I know. I'm, I am sure of that. I'm holding that. I'm I'm holding space for you. I very much, I love you and very, would very much love for you to experience what I'm experiencing. Oh, thank you, Maddox. I, I love you dearly, too. Uh, you have been such an incredible inspiration to me. All the podcasts that you've put out, I've listened to every single one of them, and there hasn't been one that I haven't gotten something from. Yeah, I can go on record as saying, hands down, I do believe that you are the biggest fan of the Authentic Gay Man podcast to date. Thank you. Thank you. This has been awesome. I've really, as always, loved our conversation, and I know that it's been something that will have ripple effects out into the listeners for some time to come. So thank you so much for this. My pleasure. I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy our conversations.